Welcome everyone to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk to you about our thoughts of the entirety of Season 5 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Indeed, this our last Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast for season five and presumably for a while until we get some production stuff or whatever it might be. But Pete, let's go back to uh, to October of last year when we spied through our little eyes the first footage of, uh, of season five at New York Comic Con. Some more background on the mysterious yet, uh, yet uh, jubilant presence on screen of Enoch. Yes, and I'm super hopeful, Matt, the way that season five ended, that there's a way to bring Enoch back, given that, you know, he was with the frozen fits. You know, that is an excellent observation, and uh, I I suppose it's possible. Um, I mean, many questions in the air for season six, uh, certainly not just kind of the creative direction, also budget, also the wisdom of it's not going to air before ABC announces the next season of Renewal and Pickup. So is that a fait accompli? Well, Pete, as we learned this week, ABC cancels a show when it wants to cancel a show. So we'll, we'll, get, this, we'll get this shortened season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. watched, you know, made, et cetera, you know, produced, advertised, et cetera. And we'll, we'll, we'll take it one step at a time. We will. That bird in the hand is definitely worth more than one in the bush. And uh, apparently via Mark Kolpak uh, starting production at their regular time in July. So they're going to be sitting on it quite some time and for only 13 episodes. So I was really surprised to hear that. We'll have to see how things shake out. I mean, I don't know about the particulars of TV production stuff i imagine if you're gonna spend the money it's probably you know probably makes sense to spend it up front so that you know i mean no um i'm not trying to suggest that because of the uh because the wee problem of no more roseanne on the schedule uh i I don't think that's you know i don't think that's an automatic like oh so shield will be on in the spring but pete we'll save that for the season six preview podcast at some point I guess you could say this season was in two parts, perhaps two pods. Uh, your thoughts on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the future of the space? I have to say this was not my favorite season. I enjoyed parts of it uh, immensely, but I'd have to fall back on other seasons. They 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 began in a flash and we were all pulled in at New York comic con by those first 20 minutes. Um, those first two hours peaked a little early. Um, and then when you consider that the way the season fell, you know, we had what three or four episodes before the holidays, we came back, um, we went until about Valentine's day. We got a little bit of a break and then we went straight through, um, I, I think it was an uneven season and I think it was very noticeable in terms of whatever budget, uh, cuts were made in terms of the physical sets. Um, okay. 
we got more agents of shield We're we're trimming back to 13 episodes for season six in in the summer of 2019 um i think I'm going to be honest. I think shields best days may be behind it, but I'm hopeful that they can finish strong akin to the way they finished this season strong. I think certainly upon uh, not even repeated viewing upon sustained viewing at the lighthouse again and again and again, and then to go back to the present day and they're still in the lighthouse. Um, it became incredibly noticeable and look it's up to the writer to turn you know the financial situation into the best possible scenario that said i really really suspect that this was a budget cut that was that was significant certainly there were episodes that had scenes for example that took place outside that took place on the streets of los angeles playing you know wherever it was meant to to be in the world uh, but I think that that was really down from previous seasons. That probably, too, was a cost-cutting measure, just that secure knowledge of, you know, you can shoot at the soundstage, you can schedule it anytime you need to schedule it. You don't need to worry about the rain, the sun, the fog, the this, the that. Uh, although I realize it's Los Angeles and there's no rain and there's no sun and everything's perfect every day. But, you know, certainly the sun does rise and set occasionally uh, in Los Angeles, uh, but not in the soundstage. And, you know, there we were episode in and episode out and you know is that the fault of the writing staff i mean not necessarily i i don't know what the budget cut was for this season i the only analog i have is for star trek enterprise that for its last season had like a huge budget cut like 40 percent, 50 percent of the budget uh was taken away so you do what you can do in these circumstances but having watched that matt and watched it at the time it was not noticeable. Think of the sameness of the sets of the episodes in this fifth season. It's far easier to find episodes that stand out. I, I certainly would agree. And I think, I think perhaps what, whether there was the financial situation or whether there was some production fatigue in general, uh, I, I mean, that said, you know, if you have a ton of money coming in and you say, boy, we're a little bored with this, but we're going to film in Barcelona for six episodes, you know, that can certainly spice everything up. Um, I feel like the two storylines for this were a little less engaging than certainly the three that we had in season four. Um, I don't want to sound overly down on the season. I mean, I kind of, the metaphor I use is, you know, the holidays, whatever you whatever you celebrate, you know, but in the holidays, you know, when, when you reach your mid teens and it's like, yay, it's Christmas time. But I now know a, it's not Santa and B what, what are you talking about? B my best toy years are behind me. You know, the surprise of they didn't say I was going to get that, that toy. And now it's here. Like, nah, you kind of know that you got the good grades and you're going to get, you're going to get your PS4 hologram, headband or your you know whatever it is or sometimes there's lame presents that you need like wow thanks for those sneakers that i really wanted that's not the same as the action figure i wanted when i was six but uh, this is really cool too and i, and I kind of feel like that's where we're at this season i appreciate what we got even though it lost a little of that magic 
let's talk about what we did get, Matt. And I would be remiss if I did not go to the top of my mast on my ship. And that's a heapin' helping of Felinda. Oh, Pete, we got the Felinda heat, especially as as things went on. No more fooling, no more whatever, you know. Um, that was a nice arc to see completed. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that they seriously wrote this not as a, hey, it's open-ended and in case we get canceled, we, we have a trapdoor to cancellation. I think this was the other way around, that they wrote the end of the season, pardon me, the end of the series with a trapdoor in case they got renewed. Because I feel like there's an air of finality where in season six it's going to be psych they've been surfing for three days now we're going to get them to go on another crazy mission but pete for those three days it's sweet sweet making of love indeed for clark greg to even be playing coy that he's coming back at this point i I think is a little much i i mean can you imagine them not returning to him not returning to melinda may in some way shape or form um you know, even if it's in a diminished role, just cannot fathom that would be the case. So I, I have to call shenanigans on that. But, you know, we waited for a very long time. We waited, you know, four plus seasons to finally see this relationship to come to, I think, the natural fruition. We all felt that it would and good on them for delivering. Well, let's let's step back one second there, Pete. Upon whom do you call shenanigans? Because I agree it is kind of up in the air in the fandom. What will season six be? And I think the biggest question is, do Clark Gregg and Ming-Na Wen return? Do you call shenanigans on some of the fans that are kind of like believing the buzz that we don't know what's going to happen? And they're kind of... Because I feel like there's negativity out there that's like... If they don't come back, I refuse to watch the show, which I'm not arguing with that sentiment. I'm just saying there's negativity out there connected to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fandom. Is that a fault of publicity? Is that reflecting a real thing that some of these actors aren't sure what they're what they want to do? You know, so upon whom do you call shenanigans? (sighs) I have to call shenanigans on the very vocal voices who have said they won't watch the show, who seem to be abandoning uh, this fandom essentially because they did not get their way. And that's no way to be a fan. You are certainly entitled to watch or not watch. But when you don't watch anymore, Matt, what can you no longer call yourself? You certainly can't call yourself a fan. Okay, then. So you're surrendering your fan card, in which case, all right, again, it's your choice. You don't have to do it. You know, this this boycott Han Solo or the Soylo movement, Matt, hashtag S-O-Y-L-O, they honestly think they have scudded a Star Wars movie, which I got news for you. You didn't. <laughs> um, now, do you run the risk of scuttling the next one? I don't mean the next Star Wars movie. But I mean, you know, is the are the plans for the you know 
the second tier Star Wars movie that might have come out in four or five years is that now under discussion for maybe not happening? And I don't. I ask that rhetorically by way of saying, is the next Marvel show that you want something that could get scuttled by a loud and vocal condemnation of the show? And again, you know, if you're not into what their plans are for season six, nobody's saying you have to watch. But right. I, I just worry, you know, like some of this stuff again, not to return to something so so timely, since we, Pete, as podcasters, exist in a timeless realm where our words exist uh, out into the future. But you know, people saying, uh, you know, oh, they should bring back Agent Carter to replace Roseanne. Okay, well, l- just to be fair here for a second, content aside, where else are you getting eighteen million viewers uh, a week? Because Agent Carter wasn't getting that. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't get that. Heck, Deception, which is the magician helps the FBI show that kind of looks delightful, but I never checked out. That got canceled with ratings above Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, like, you know, again, this, you know, oh, let's have Marvel swoop in and save the day at ABC or let's this, that, the other. I don't know what the future is for broadcast TV on Marvel. I know that next season fall, spring, and summer, it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at super low ratings. I'll take that for the time being because they have yet to have a broadcast hit. Yeah, and as we know, broadcast, Matt, their days are waning. So it's all part of figuring out this landscape. Um, Do they attempt to push it up? We're going to have to see. But we are where we are. And again, as we preached what we thought might be the end of the line, because let's be honest, it's an unusual arrangement that saved this show. Um, You have to be grateful for what you have when you have it. You know what else I was grateful for, Matt, is getting to see the evolution, the continued growth and development of one uh, Sky, I mean Quake, I mean Daisy Johnson, I mean, kind of the director, but not actually the director, but now helping the director in Mac. What'd you think about her uh, arc this season? I think that for whatever the failings were this season of the week to week action adventure, this was also a season that was a turning of corners for a lot of these characters. We talked about Colson, we talked about May. I think same thing here for Daisy, where you know, we saw her accept the mantle of superhero, and sometimes that is by using your powers, sometimes that is by showing restraint with your powers or your talents or your abilities, whatever we want the metaphor to stand for. Uh, and sometimes that is ceding power to others and ceding oversight and control and and being part of the organization, not you know, being the the fronts person for the band. Um so I feel like we saw that, we saw her mature in that regard. Same thing for Mac, you know, a character who was not there in the first season, but a character who now has gone from kind of, you know, not quite a background agent, but kind of his pre-show trajectory was, you know, and another agent to now running this rag. It was a mechanic, group. man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, albeit a mechanic in this super secret organization. Yes. Um, but... You know, for again, th- this great growth for him, um, his relationship with Yo-Yo, and I mean, speaking of turning a corner, Fitzsimmons, you know, getting married, getting uh, y- getting a baby on the way. Uh, I mean, 
again, really satisfying turn for the two of them as well. Yeah. And you talk about that, the, the 100th episode culminating with their wedding. Um, something that I think it would have been really interesting to go back and one, imagine this show hitting a hundred episodes from a little bit of a, not a shaky start, but shall we say a, a concerning adolescence before we hit, uh, you know, full steam ahead with the, um, Captain America winter soldier bounce that the show got at the end of that first season with, uh, with Hydra back. Um, but that they married the characters that they married, uh, Fitzsimmons there that the unique way in which they killed off Fitz yet another version of him remains viable and that they can meet again, that, they can pursue the same destiny, the same choices, or maybe things go a little bit differently, I think is going to be fascinating to watch. I think that's a point too, where I was a bit surprised that a, a, a minority portion of the fandom, but a, si- a sizable minority were really, really annoyed that they killed off Fitz forever. Despite the fact I felt like with, three or four minutes left that last episode really did make it clear and we are going out to space to go rescue space fits who's wink wink nudge nudge you know like 20 days earlier in the timeline um not that you know the frozen stuff notwithstanding but like we basically just need to like explain to him like the last six episodes and he's good to go problem solved and there were people who just were very annoyed that now you you had fired fits from the show you know, people demanded cost, yet they killed a favorite character and they cried foul over it. And then they said, but you didn't really kill him. So it was really a damned if you do, damned if you didn't situation. I think the bigger question is why to this point does Marvel TV seem so frightened of exploring the uh Thanos snap from Avengers Infinity War and they talked about how anxious they were to speak about how uh, the events of Infinity War influenced their story in essentially cutscenes. oh there's bad stuff going on in New York and oh hey uh, Talbotron is an Avenger now like those other Avengers little Bobby, I I don't wholly disagree. However, I think if if the show made the decision to sidestep that by saying stuff's going on really close to the end, but hey, just so you know, uh, we're actually going to play in the space in between when the movie starts and the movie ends, and and we're going to exist in our final episodes in that spot. Um, I don't think that's the most daring place to go, but I think that with more episodes that you need to commit per season than the Netflix stuff, I think that that was probably the safer decision to make when you were making some of these early 
scripting decisions, let's say, you know, December, January, somewhere in there where really you didn't have a sense of what the, what the price was paid. Um, maybe, I mean, we'll see with Luke Cage in a couple of weeks. Heck, we'll see to whatever degree we need to, but we'll see with, uh, with Cloak and Dagger next week. But I, I think, I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets a pass. Am I also willing to give Cloak and Dagger a pass? Tune to the Cloak and Dagger podcast and see. I kind of, sort of am. Luke Cage also, but less so. Like, at a certain point, you can't have every single darn thing that Marvel does. Between Matt, now they're, and filming, they're filming Punisher already. I mean... Um... Yeah, but they're filming Punisher knowing... Like, Punisher can sit and go, Oh, man. I can't believe uh, one of Micro's kids didn't make it. <laughs> and, okay, Space that... aliens, says Frank Castle. <laughs> like, or without, like, I mean, again, just bottom line being, I think, look, we know these shows are pretend, right? Um, so I think at a certain point you can give them wide berth, particularly, particularly if you're in the know that movie side and TV side they're not even divisions of the same company. They're separate. They're separate companies. Um, again, if we get to the very end of Luke Cage, if if Cloak and Dagger and Luke Cage are both like May, pardon me, May March two thousand eighteen, they make it totally clear by shots of that newspaper or TV person. Fine. At a certain point, though, we need to cross that divide. But I'm okay that Agents of Shield didn't. That's that's my point there. What else do you want to talk about for season five, Matt? Pete, I want to circle back to the two main guest stars for the season, at least in terms of their their pizzazz. Uh, we had uh, Dove Cameron, of course, uh, for I kind of feel like less episodes than I, her. I, I do as well. Yeah. You know, but I mean, that said, Pete, look, there's a certain point doing these podcasts. We have to admit some of these decisions aren't made for aren't made for Matt and Pete. They're made for people who um, might be just as young at heart, but happen to be chronologically younger as well. So if the kids love the Dove Cameron, okay. Um, but for me, the real big pickup this season was Jeff Ward as Deke. And he's got to, got to, got to be back next season. I kind of feel like they've sort of hinted at that already. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like those were the two biggies. I mean, a, a bunch of great guest spots throughout the season, but those were the two biggies. And the way that they nebulously uh, addressed where he went off to certainly builds that in. Yeah, I was really surprised to the, you know, lack of extent, really, that Dove Cameron was on the show, given the the big deal they made about it. Okay, she's bringing the, you know, the Disney Age fan in. You've, You've got to you know, reinvigorate your fan base. It's part of, uh, you know, continuing to do business. Um, yeah, the way she went out though, I think was, uh, a little odd, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Jeff Ward was, was everything you'd want to be. Um, he was, a a you know, breath of fresh air, you know, choose your cliche, and given the storyline they're going to explore with getting Fitz back from space, 
certainly he has some expertise and experience in that area. So it's just another natural fit for him to return. Well, return. So will agents of shield, of course, uh, at this time, summer 2019. And you know, it's, it's a poor measure of things to honestly say, Hey, one half hour comedy was taken off of ABC's schedule on a super competitive night. Let's put the hour long agents of shield into that half hour that fits. Right. Um, but that said, I mean, it's number one show on the bench in my mind. I would not be surprised if it gets brought up somehow. I mean, if you have one of these catastrophic TV seasons where, oh man, everybody thought this show and that show and the other show would hit and they've all been canceled, then you get then you get a lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We'll see. Uh, we will certainly keep the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast feed up to date with whatever information does happen over the summer as they film whatever convention news, etc. But, uh, but Pete, the S.H.I.E.L.D. feed Taking a little, taking a little time out as uh, as we all sojourn to find fits in space, as you might say. With our tickets already punched for New York Comic Con in the fall, Matt, I gotta tell you, it's kind of weird going into that. My anticipation, we won't have a panel. I mean, they certainly could, but it's gonna be super far out in advance of. The property i mean that they even did one last year and showed us 20 minutes of an episode from early december was it had the feel of a victory lap that and it being in the theater at madison square garden it it, it felt like completion i mean i for one am very glad the show's returning I'm guarded in my optimism given that they've got the reduced order and we have to wait as long as we do. So let's assume for a minute that summer 2019 means a June release in October. They're going to send the whole cast out again to see us. I don't know, but you know, we'll be there to bring you whatever news might come out, whether it's shield, whether it's any of the other Marvel cinematic TV shows we cover we're the only ones that bring it all to you you do make an interesting argument i mean no no disrespect to our sdcc pals you know i mean the show would be ridiculous to send the entire cast in july to a show that might not be out for you know for 10 months later at earliest it's not could. a movie and it's not a, a debuting show it's not something like you know a star trek that oh, hey, this is coming back to TV and it's a super big deal and, you know, here we're going to announce cast members or anything like that. Like, I cannot think of an example where that's gone on that far in advance for a returning show. It'll be interesting. I mean, again, I know a lot of people, a lot of people want to blame fairly or unfairly, um, you know, ABC for not doing not having the proper uh, advertising and whatnot for this. I think I agree to a point. I mean, you, you referenced earlier, Pete, uh, Dove Cameron bringing in the new younger fans. You're 100 episodes in. Who are you bringing in brand new? Who are you pulling off the street to be like, hey, you've never heard of this show before. Let's start with Dove Cameron's turn in season five. Um, it's not a bad business move to bring her in, but it's not like, oh man, Dove Cameron just quadrupled the audience of this show that has no idea what's going on with any of these characters. So how do you promote it? I mean, San Diego, obviously, you know, 
in our mind, second place. I know they go back and forth for uh, for attendance and whatnot, but between San Diego, between New York Comic Con, WonderCon, I don't know. I, I just I don't know where you promote this, and is that just laying the seeds of? Oh man, they didn't promote it, so it died. I don't know. Heck, Pete, there's not even there's not even a D twenty three convention between now and when Shield comes out. So who knows? I don't I, I don't know, but we'll they'll figure it out certainly. I think one thing to watch is that this show is going to return after the 2019-20 upfronts. So the show will not have aired yet. So announcing its place in a future schedule will not even really be up for discussion. Yeah, I mean, there is this thing called off cycle, you know, which is not part of the normal pilot renewal cancellation thing. Um, I dare say, I believe that's where uh, where timeless is at right now. I mean, it's at least to some degree, it's neither canceled nor renewed. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think there's a more ominous note here that it's kind of pre-canceled. Um, I don't know. Time will tell. Certainly in the interim, Pete, we're not going far uh, in the MCU, at least not far in the calendar. Next week, we'll be starting our uh, our uh, Cloak and Dagger podcast, that going from upstate New York and space, space, space to uh, to New Orleans. So certainly excited to see what uh, what that show brings to Freeform. I've really enjoyed what I've been able to see so far, and I think viewers will too. And we have Luke Cage towards the end of the month, and uh, that, of course, a, a welcome return to Harlem and to see what those uh, stories are doing. So, again, as mentioned before, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. may be taking a little break, but on our Pop Culture Podcast feed, on the separate feeds for those shows, uh, the party continues on. Yeah, make sure that you're uh, checking out all that we have to offer. As Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news starts to unfold, Pete, where can people get in touch with us to discuss it all? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,444 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, you can be in touch with the podcast any way you like. Visit fantasticgeek.com, email fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word, like it today. And let me just say a little something about Facebook. Many of you follow us on Facebook. You've liked us. Uh, you're actively following. You're interacting, which is great. But you also help us grow. So please don't be afraid to share our statuses, to uh, post about Fantastic Geek uh, as people are checking out Cloak and Dagger and, and maybe want to talk about it or Luke Cage or any of the dormant shows that we cover, whether it's S.H.I.E.L.D., whether it's Punisher, whether it's all the Marvel Netflix stuff, whether it's Runaways, any of that, you help other people find us when you talk about us. So true, Pete. Well, here we are the end of our season five wrap it has been quite an adventure and look forward to uh to talking season six as time allows with that pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final season five word it's very cold in space